everyone, and welcome to episode 9, I believe, of Front Porch Philosophy. We're a little late here because, uh, again, I was busy at school, unfortunately. I had three papers to write, so I got a little behind there. So we weren't able to release an episode on Sunday. Yes, we were not. But it is a beautiful day outside. It's kind of on my lunch break in the middle of the afternoon, so it's it's nice, it's different, but you might hear some... Uh, lawn care going on in the background and I would apologize for that but it, other than that it's a beautiful fall-like day although warm and uh, it's nice here on the front porch I'm assuming Garrett you're not on your front porch I am not I am I am in my room still today and for the past couple of days they've been working on the house next to us and have been quite loud outside as a matter uh, of fact right now they're putting in a new fence in the back uh, in the backyard oh, that's nice that's nice so well it's it's nice to have you back on this i guess um since you haven't been able to participate in a while so i guess we'll see what happens i'm guessing you're probably a little rusty that's that's my thought uh yeah i i will be most likely i haven't i haven't talked like this in a in a week two weeks two weeks two weeks i think and you're probably somewhat distracted and whatever we'll see how our middle of the afternoon one goes i guess yeah, are you enjoying any whiskey in the middle of the afternoon, or? I was wondering if you'd bring that up, and no, I'm not. I just drank a smoothie, so. Okay. Much more healthy option, I guess. Um, yeah. So I did that instead, and I was thinking, I don't want to be day drinking while I do a podcast. <laughs> so um, I, I. Plus, I have to go to uh, your sister's tennis match. Um, in oh just, well, then you definitely should be drinking whiskey now. Uh, maybe you're right to calm the nerves, but uh, maybe I'll just drink it on the way up there. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's better. Okay. All so. Right, so, so today, um, I think we we talked about it before, but I think we're going to talk about a a short documentary that we both watched. Yeah, I um, this was a a different one for me, and it, it made me think about something. Maybe we could talk about, but I'll set it up this way. So I on my Amazon Prime for the past month or so, this uh, documentary of, I think it's called 100% with Julian Edelman, it's popped up. Yes. And and I have somehow been drawn to it, but also repulsed by it, because <laughs> I, as you know, um, well, I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan, so I hate all things Patriots. As am I. And um, so... I know I can remember, you know, Julian Edelman being like kind of a, a bane in our existence. He wins the MVP one time in the Super Bowl. I thought it was the biggest travesty ever because he was a cheater. I uh, I can't I, I I'd have to say when I when I was watching more of the football games, I would I'm uh, I hate to admit it, but I would wish him harm. I guess in some cases, <laughs> you know, during during a game and. Uh, so, but I was like, so I'm not gonna watch this. I just refuse. I don't want to see anything to do with, uh, with the Patriots, whatever. But still, I was drawn to it in some weird way. So, so the one evening, you know, late in the evening, I said, you know what, whatever. I'm gonna try and be open-minded. I don't see anything else I want to watch. I turned it on, and uh, lo and behold, I, I really found myself enjoying it, and thinking about uh just appreciating him for the person that he you know is and how he was portrayed in this thing and then i recommended that 
perhaps you watch it as well. And I think yes, you had the same reaction that I did. Um, and as I said, there goes the lawn care trucks and the dog barking at them. So anyway, it's pretty busy in the afternoon. But yes, I think you had the same adverse reaction that I did. Yes, I absolutely did. As a matter of fact, I kind of went through the same thing where I saw it on Amazon and was very intrigued because it was a football documentary. So that is something that, of course, would catch my eye. But uh, because of who it was about, I was like, this is not worth my time. It will just make me angry. And I also refused to watch it. But after after you texted me about it, you said it was very good. Um I decided that perhaps I should also give it a chance, and I'm glad I did because, like you said, it it gave you a different perspective, um, a perspective into like the lives of athletes outside of their sport and outside of their uniforms and kind of who they are um, beyond beyond the field. Because it is, it's easy to get wrapped up. It's easy to misconstrue your your I hate to say hatred, but hatred for them while they're on the field, um, and then let that carry over into just real life and I know like it's not like we've ever talked to Julian Edelman or something and like you know hated him like that in real life but it's it was enough that like I wouldn't even watch a documentary about him that wasn't even fully focused on his football career so um I thought I thought it was an important it was an important thing to watch yeah and what dawned on me after watching it was two things first of all like what maybe we can chat about that a little bit well i think first and foremost was wow it just made me realize that when someone is a part of a group or category or you want to call it a tribe of people we really generalize them and give them all the attributes of those things that we don't like of the group or category or tribe or whatever. So to me, um, as I reflect on it, until watching the documentary, he wasn't even a person. <laughs> he wasn't a right. person with a mother and a father, and he didn't have a history of overcoming odds, and he didn't have a sense of humor, or he was just an object um, in a group that I disliked and every part of that group I disliked and I could not separate him at all from that group. And it just made me, just made me realize that. And, and then talking with your sister some about it as she's doing her, her, um, her class at school and they're talking about politics and she brought up the same thing. Yeah, we just, we, we group everybody who's in one political party or another the same. And, and we just, it feels like we do more and more of objectifying people rather than getting to know them. And when you do, maybe it opens your eyes a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's like there are, of course, some qualities that he shares in common with the Patriots organization per se or qualities that someone in a different political party than you would share with those. But when you kind of make them into just another physical representation of those qualities that you dislike, instead of actually taking the time to look at them as a person, um, it gets it gets really quite dangerous because you end up maybe disliking a quality about them that maybe not 
maybe doesn't even apply to them, first of all. But second of all, instead of disliking the quality, you end up disliking an actual human being who is far different than um, the few choices that they make or the ideology that they kind of live by, particularly when it comes to things like being in a political party or being on a sports team. And that, that hatred can be really strong. And it makes it so you just kind of block out everything about them instead of taking time to really, really look at them. Because at the end of the day, they're more like you than you really kind of imagined. Yeah, and I think what was interesting to both you and I's reaction to seeing the documentary, I mean, seeing it pop up and having the opportunity to watch it, at some level, we did not even want to get to know him better. Because it was easier just to leave him as that object. Yeah, it it was kind of, when you told me to watch it, and at least based on what you said, I was like, ugh. Like, now I'm going to have to change my entire perspective of him. Because I know for a fact that once I'm done watching it, I'm going to like him. Yeah. And there's not much I can do about it. The same thing, actually, the same thing happened. Um, another another sports thing here. I watched on Amazon the All or Nothing series about the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. and I hated Cam Newton. Right. I thought he was cocky. He types weird in his Instagram comments. If anybody follows Cam Newton, you know what I'm talking about. He just, he uses the weirdest font ever, and I think it's so dumb. But I came out of watching it, and I was like, I have so much more respect for him um, yeah. as a person and what he had to go through with his really bad injury and stuff. And funny thing is now he's on the Patriots. Right. So right. I know it kind of, it kind of came full circle. So he's lucky, not he's lucky. I'm lucky for my own mental health that I watched that and at least warmed up to him a little bit before he then joined the organization that I, cause right. I, I never minded the Panthers. I only minded him. Right. Um, which is different from the Patriots thing where I, I mind the organization and then therefore mind the whole thing. Um, and I actually, that's kind of an interesting thing too. Like the difference between like, maybe you meet a group and you don't like an individual of that group, but you can, you can deal with the rest of it compared to if you don't like the group, you extend it to everybody in the group. It doesn't really go both ways. Um, and I think it gets real dangerous when you dislike a person and then by that same token, you dislike the rest of the group they belong to, because then it's like you got to experience them as a person and now you dislike the entire kind of group that they belong to. But anyway, I just thought that was, that was another example of if I took some time and I was like, because it happened before when I watched the one against the Cardinals, like I kind of fell in love with all the players. Um, then I watched one on the Eagles and I fell in love with all the players. And then I was like, okay, if I do this one, I guarantee you I'm going to come out liking him more yeah. um, than I did before. And it was, it was right, which is why it's so important to kind of go and experience these things. And um, it'd be kind of cool if those kind of documentaries could happen about politicians as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think don't... That'd, that'd be a pretty interesting thing to watch. I don't know if you need... Hi, Layla. Layla Layla just came over. Hey, Layla, you want to say hi to Garrett? Come here a second, real quick, and then we'll get back on task. But <laughs> Layla likes to come over and see Bentley, and I'm talking to Garrett right now. You can, you can say hi, Garrett. Hi. Hi. Hi, Layla. He said hi, but you can't hear him because he's on my headphones. He's at school, and we're just uh, we're talking about stuff that we talk about on our podcast. So, anyway... Well, but it's good to good to see you, Layla. 
and it was nice of you to say hi, which is good. And uh, Layla, you like to come over and say hi every. You can. She can come back, Shelly. Come here a second, Layla. Layla, come here a second. All right, she's gonna go ask her mom. I think. Okay, but um, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I just think it's. Uh, I think it's a trap that we fall into. It just opened my eyes to the trap that we fall into, which is the trap of like almost dehumanizing people and it's so easy to get into what who was it that said the quote you know you should never only treat people as a means um that's uh that's kind of Immanuel Kant yeah like you shouldn't treat people just as a, a means because they're means to an end right they're not only themselves. right not in, but it doesn't mean you don't ever I mean, people can be useful to you, and it's not that you ever, it says you can't only treat them as. And when he's out on the field playing, it doesn't mean I can't root against the team, but it means I have to realize that he's he's a human being with a history and with parents and sisters and all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing. We make these... I think you you mentioned whether it's political or any group type thing. We kind of just, we we think we, well, I don't even know if we care to even think that we know the person. We just ident- we just create an object of them is what it feels like to me. And Yeah, and... Go ahead. Um, no, you go ahead first because my thought might, might be pretty long. Okay, so. and then that, that object just has its own life but it's not really it's not really that person um yeah the thing that i saw on the field that um i would get mad at and would think was a a horrible thing had no had little resemblance to who the actual person was yeah absolutely and i think another thing that is kind of forgotten is that like at least in terms of football he was necessary like if we wanted the if we wanted football to happen there had to be another team right and like when he played well as unfortunate as it was it would hopefully make the team let's say the bills that we were rooting for better because like they say iron sharpens iron and so he was a ne- he's a necessary part of the spirit of competition without something like that on the field then there then there's really no point to play there's nothing maybe better than you to beat or that you want to become so you can be better. And I think a lot of the time we treat the opposition, um, whoever that may be as something that shouldn't exist. And that kind of loses the point. Like the opposition makes you better. And I mean, part of your identity is found in being in opposition to that other group. Like part of the identity of being a bills fan is not liking the Patriots. And so, right we would have to like remove an entire part of our identity um, if they weren't around. So it's interesting to look at it like that, that it's necessary that opposition exists because you need, you need an out group to define yourself almost. No, I I hear you. I think that's true. It also reminds me of, um, you know, I know you you and I talk about this uh, a decent amount, but on the Sermon on the Mount, when, it's said to love your enemies. It's, and I think that's meant more as the enemies are like 
the other nation or the group of people. And as I listen to you talk, it's not that we won't have enemies. It's that we need to love our enemies, which to me is a way of saying um, maybe it's a way of saying in some regards you also understand that they're people just like you are. Yeah, you you understand that they, maybe their pursuit is different, but they're also, at the end of the day, like pursuing a goal, the truth or the championship, if it's in sports or whatever. And you go about it in different ways, but yeah, you have to understand that it's like it's other people on the the other side there. And you got to take a little while and understand that. And it'll make you better, too. Yeah, it'll make it'll make you better too. Seeing these different perspectives and having to grapple with them, and so the opposition is always necessary. And I think people kind of set out to, like, destroy the opponent or whatever. And I mean, you have to you'll win sometimes and you'll lose sometimes, and you have to understand that like an opponent is never going to go away because even if you beat one, there's another one. So yeah. Yeah, I um. I agree. It's. I think it's a nuance. It's. It's saying that, like like you said, there will be different groups. It's fine to have groups that aren't in alignment with you, or uh, differences, or if you want to call it an enemy. But the way that you have some sort of respect, maybe, or understanding, maybe it's even an understanding, a loving understanding of that enemy would make all the difference in the world. You, it's If you love them, then maybe you're not just objectifying them all the time. Yeah, and you even can you can even learn from them too. Like, it's helpful to look at the Patriots organization because of the success they've had and what they've built that on, um, the work ethic that they have and things like that. And you can learn from it and apply it to your own philosophy. So maybe your philosophies are different, but a way they go about achieving their goals is working really well. So... You can figure out how to integrate that if it can possibly align with what you think, and then it'll make it'll make you better. And then they might have to adapt because you might start winning as the Bills are doing right now. So um, it is. It's definitely nuanced because you have to balance between like what what do I actually what can I learn from? What do I really fervently disagree with? And then making sure that even in those disagreements that you still love the other. Yeah, I mean that's what. I, so now. I know when, you know, when I watch the next football game or next Patriots game and I see him making a catch or doing something, you know, awesome as he awesome as he often does on the football field, yeah. I'll have a different respect and not just like, oh my gosh, you know, he's this thing that's this horrible thing. It doesn't mean that I will eh, well for so personally, I might be able to go okay I get it he's he's good and I have some respect does that mean that I still want you know that team to win no no uh it just means that I now see him just like you see Cam Newton you're like okay well they're they're a team full of people that are trying to do their best and they're against a team that we like that's trying to do their best and um everybody has their own story and uh yeah, so I think that's cool. I think the other thing to me that it made me realize is just what 
is the message in the things that you're drawn to and what happens when you kind of ignore them and for what reasons meaning you know i saw that on amazon prime and like why did it jump out at me and what made me you know like just just um ignore it for a while based on my own wants i guess but yet it kept it kept speaking to me somehow and i finally gave into it and what would happen if i didn't give into it you know and, and yeah. what's the broader context there as you go through life and and things present themselves to you or are we do you find yourself going mm, i'd rather just keep things the way they are or my perspective as it is and i don't want to you know for example i don't know i was just you know talking the other day like if i had a chance to have you know um uh, dinner with somebody that was from a uh, let's just say tom brady would i do it yeah and it's like yeah yeah i think i should do it um oh absolutely um, like anybody, whether they're from a party that you don't agree with or those sort of things, to sit down with them. But, but are there places where, you know, the world shows you something or something attracts you, and you you decide not to engage with it because you'd rather just stay the way you are? Yeah, I think you have to engage with it. I've been at least this year for me. I've been trying as much as I can to engage with other people. Um, as much as I can with the whole coronavirus thing and everything. But at least, like, really, like, when I meet somebody new, like, really talk to them and really listen and, like, see what they have to say instead of kind of sticking to listening to the same things over and over and over again that just continually, like, reinforce these prior beliefs. I, I need to be able to experience other beliefs and then decide maybe why um, what I believe before is still, you know, correct or whatever. Um, and I think that's important. And then I think another important lesson that I learned from watching this and then and like looking at football in general, and I think this happens in politics, too, and people don't really realize it is when you're outside of the game that they're playing, like we aren't on the football field. It's easy to like hate the other side like we do and not seeing those people. But you talk to the players and stuff and these guys at the end of the day all treat each other like brothers, like there's nobody on the bills. I don't. I can't. I guess I can't really speak for that. But it doesn't seem like that would like wish actual ill upon Julian Edelman or like was excited when he tore his ACL or anything like that. But people not on the bills, like fans were, and you see it sometimes in politics too. Like a lot of these guys, and unfortunately they they kind of help out with it, like the tweets they send and stuff like that. But if you really talk to them, a lot of people are friends with the other side because they know them because they've worked with them forever. They've gone against them on the floor of Congress and things like that, and it creates this respect. And it's unfortunate that people who are outside of their world don't really get to see that um, just because we don't interact with them like they interact with each other. And so I think that's also important to really like dive in and interact with people from the other side because then you're so much more less likely to see them as not a person and just as something in your way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, that's interesting. I totally agree. I think, so to me, I get this vision of if you're not, if you're, if you're not in the arena participating, it's easy to look down and go, oh, 
those, you know, those people, those two sides, or you side with one side over the other. But inside the arena, there's a whole different game going on. Yeah. And that game might have some more mutual respect. There's competition, but it's when you're just sniping from outside. I think that's, I think that's well said, and I think that maybe that's what you're doing when you said you're interacting with more people. It would be easy to set yourself apart, say, in the stands, and when somebody enters you know, whatever it is you're doing in the arena, get labeling them as, oh, that's that type of person, or that's that. I don't even want to talk with that type of person, or I don't need to get to know that person, those things. But if you like bring yourself down into the arena... Maybe then you find that, hey, as I start to engage, it's there's some there's some real potential and opportunities here to not only, you know, to grow personally, but also change my perspective and some of that stuff. Yeah, and it's important to know that like the people you interact with are are like going through the same struggles and everything that you are. Like we're all kind of we're all living this life. And I think sometimes it's easier to see that when you're like in politics or sports or whatever, because these guys are like, Oh, I know the work that they had to put in to get here because I had to put in that work too. I had to make these sacrifices and now I'm here. Um, and when it's like, you know, regular life that we're living, it's tougher to do that because it's not nearly as specific because all our struggles are so different and everything. But at the end of the day, we're all just trying to be a little better every day. And so if that can be the one thing that you unite under um, when you look at somebody else and you're like, hey, like they aren't they aren't going through the same thing as me. They don't deal with it in the same way, even if they are. But that doesn't matter because they're they're on this planet right now dealing with some really hard stuff. And I am, too. So let's talk about it. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And just not label all like try not I think that's what I'll take from that is I'll try and think about those things as I try not to label groups in a certain way and I know we're seeing a lot of that it feels like in our world where we'll label all people that do this this way or everybody is bad that's doing it's like and I think what I've seen through watching this is that's just not true um to your point all human beings on the planet and we all have uh, the potential for all kinds of good and all kinds of not so good things and once you start talking to somebody I think it just opens that up and it I think it tears away that mask a little bit that everybody puts yeah. on because I, I I know I do I think every everybody does there's a certain and we talked about this, there's an expectation of the world for you. You put on that mask, and then you live that, and then other people react to that mask. But sometimes if you can, you know, get past that, I think that's a that's a cool thing. And I think it opens up a whole other way of seeing the world. So, so that's cool. And also not be, you know, not be scared to um, engage in things that might change your perspective. Yeah, and just to just to kind of close close out this conversation, like people are you think it's almost like a sign of weakness to take off your mask, you know, to change your opinion. And people I think need to realize that you can change. 
Um, and it's definitely okay to change. And you should always go into new experiences and new conversations, like maybe not expecting change, but being just so open to it because it's okay that you went in and you were wrong, maybe. Um, and it's also important that the people who talk to you and maybe change your opinion accept that you have now changed too. Like the thoughts you had before, um, maybe you had some really bad thoughts. Like, I mean, sometimes you see like athletes and these guys, like when they're young, they tweet out something really stupid and then people bring it up like five or six years later and like, don't even take a second to think that maybe they've changed a little bit (laughs) because it's been five years. And like, just if you look at your own experience, like Matt, you know what can happen to you in a year. So before you go out and just assume that everything someone has ever said is how they think now, like remember how much you've changed and how much they may have changed too. So you have to not be afraid to take off that mask. And then when somebody else takes off their mask, um, respect that and be understanding that they've they've come a long way. So do you think that we'll see some loving of enemies and masks taken off in the upcoming presidential debate on Tuesday? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I really wish we would, but it's going to not be that at all. Uh, so. But maybe, maybe, maybe we'll be surprised. I, yeah, I, you know, but I will always, try and I'm listen. Open. I will try and listen with an open mind and an open heart right. and see... But that's a different that's a different theater, so to speak. And yes, I am not is. I am not in that arena, but I'm looking forward to watching <laughs> the goings on of that arena. So anyway, Garrett, Absolutely. it was nice to uh, speak with you again. I hope things are going well at school. And they are. Uh, good, good. So I think that'll pretty much wrap this one up, right? All right. Thank you so much for listening to episode nine of Front Porch Philosophy, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you, everybody. Peace.